Thanks for being here. It is Bringing It Backwards, a podcast for both legendary and rising musicians, artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had the opportunity to speak with Alyssa and Matt of the band Roses and Revolutions over Zoom video. Alyssa and Matt are both from just outside Rochester in New York, and they talk about their individual journeys in music. Matt started off on trumpet, eventually moved to guitar, played in the jazz band in high school, played in the orchestra all through middle school and high school as well, ended up going to college for jazz guitar. Alyssa picked up piano at a very early age, piano and vocals. At 16 years old, she tried out for season seven of American Idol. I believe she tried out first in Atlanta, didn't get in, but then did another audition up in the Pennsylvania area where she advanced to Hollywood Week, which is super cool. They made a big deal about it in Rochester, and that's when Matt ended up reaching out to Alyssa and wanted to start a project with her. Roses and Revolutions essentially began as a project where they both wrote, tried to write for sync, tried to write songs for different television shows and movies. It eventually led to a band project. They talked about getting their very first sync in a television show for The L Word, which was on Showtime. We learned about the success of their first EP, how they ended up releasing the second EP. They were putting out singles just up until COVID happened. And they had three singles out already, so they decided, you know, we'll just put the record out, put that record out in April. Over the course of quarantine, ended up writing and recording a brand new EP, but they also put out a covers EP that we talk a lot about. They covered the 1975 and The Weeknd, Lord Huron, Lovely the Band. It is an incredible covers record. And they also just put out Midnight Monsters, which is another EP of all original music, which they wrote and recorded on their own in the room they're actually doing the interview from. So that was really cool. You can watch the interview with Alyssa and Matt on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook at Bringing It Backwards. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're an Amazon shopper, a portion of your everyday purchases will help support our podcast with just a few clicks. It's super easy. Please head over to our website, bringingitbackwards.com, and click on Amazon each time you begin your purchases. Those few extra clicks will help keep our mission of providing a platform for both legendary and rising artists to tell their personal stories on how they achieve stardom so that all artists and music enthusiasts have access to meaningful and memorable advice that will help inspire their own musical journeys. To recap, please head over to bringingitbackwards.com and click on Amazon before you make each and every purchase because a portion of that purchase will add up in a big way to help support our mission. Thank you so much. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Roses and Revolutions. Yes, I'm Adam, by the way, and this is about you both and your journey in music. And we'll talk about um, everything going on with with, with you you. and all the new music. Cool. Awesome. So I always start off with where were you both born and raised? Alyssa, where were you born and raised? Rochester, New York, um, specifically Penfield, if we're getting suburbs. Let's get suburbs. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Um, <laughs> okay. How, how far out from like the city were you? 
I don't know much about New York, to be honest. No, that's okay. I will give you a quick little thing. So I'd love to hear we, it. <laughs> where we are is about five and a half hour drive. We are from New York City. So okay. we are north and then west. Um, so kind of close to Canada. We're about an hour from Canada. Okay. From Niagara Falls. So uh, if we're talking s- suburbs versus Rochester, New York, I was like 15 minutes away. <laughs> okay. And did you go out pretty close to there? Maddie? Yeah, I'm Rochester as well. I'm from another town called Spencerport, but like, I mean, we're all like 10 minutes away from the city of Rochester. So pretty much Rochester, Rochester yeah. yeah. Rochester, so, you can get anywhere in about half hour in Rochester. Okay, so did you, Matt, did you grow up with Alyssa or like? Uh, no, I mean, we, we went to different schools. I mean, we didn't know each other growing up, but then we started playing in bands in Rochester and kind of connected in the music scene. Through, okay. You know, music scene, so. Very cool. And how did you get into music originally? Can I go first? No, no, you go first. Let's see. When I was in school, I started playing trumpet, never practiced, hated it. It was horrible, <laughs> but I like wouldn't quit it. So I still was in band. But then when I got into high school, I started guitar and started playing in jazz band and fell in love with that. So I went really into that. Like I went and like majored in jazz performance and then out of college, wow. started playing more indie pop stuff with Alyssa. And here I am. I converted him. Playing very little jazz. <laughs> wow. So you said Trump, trumpet, you were a trumpet player? Trumpet, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. So you, what drew you to trumpet? I know. I want to know, know that too. Like, you know, when you're in fourth grade, you go out in the band room and you try out and somebody's going to pick it. I mean, it was shiny and gold looking and I'm like, oh, this is cool. But like, you have to like practice, you know, keep up with it because like the arm shirt through your lips, it's like if you, if you don't practice every day or weekly. So like when you go in band, it's just like it destroys your lips. But I hate it. Yeah, it's like, I mean, I don't, why do I want to play an instrument that like you're out of breath the whole time? Like guitar is fun. You can like chew gum, have a drink on the side, talk, you know, it's just like way more chill than. <laughs> do you still play trumpet at all? God, no. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you can pick it up and noodle around. Oh, I, could, I could finger it, but the sound coming out would be like a dying animal. I mean, it would be awful. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, you played that, what, through middle school? When did you pick up guitar? I'm sorry. I picked up guitar in high school, but I still can. I mean, I I just, I played trumpet all the way until I graduated. And it was like, I, I got really into guitar and like, you know, went into jazz band and did like the all county and all the academic guitar stuff. And then like my band teacher, you know, looked the other way in my trumpet and <laughs> just let me focus on guitar. But I mean, it was good. It taught me how to read music. It taught me how to, you know, like being like an elementary school playing in a band or, you know, in concert band all the way through. I mean, you still pick up things even if you're not practicing. Did you do concert band all the way through high school? Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, yeah. So you did both concert band and then what jazz on guitar? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Were you in any other bands through middle school, high school? Like, rock I mean, band? I was in like, you know, bands with like, it's for guitar with my friends, you know, you play in like, the, you know, with the garage bands and stuff like that. So I was kind of doing both because it was fun, but nothing really serious. <laughs> <laughs> and Alyssa, how did you get to music? Um, my, I grew up at a, in a house that had an organ that literally came with the house. Um, it was, oh, wow. Yeah, it was really, it was actually really cool. Um, and so I remember just plunking out, um, uh, my heart will go on, on it. 
Uh, I was really excited to learn that song. Um, so I was really young and just plucking out notes. And then I just got really into it from there. You know, I was a very much 90s baby, loved my, you know, Britney Spears, Hanson, that kind of stuff. Um, and my parents got me piano lessons. And then that was kind of it for me. I just fell in love with playing piano. And then I started writing some really poopy songs. Um, <laughs> but I was like a child. So, um, yeah. And then I remember my dad came home with like, you know, used to get like sheet music for, I mean, you could still can, but I remember going to guitar center and it was like front and center. That was like the thing, like you want, you want this person's new song on sheet music. Like, so my dad brought me home some Vanessa Carlton and, um, my, uh, a thousand miles. And I worked so hard to learn that. <laughs> and that's then a, that's uh, a cool like piano part. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It was the coolest. And uh, like being like a child, like learning that, I was like, I am the coolest ever. Um, <laughs> so from that, that was like a really big inspiration for me to be able to like sing and play. And I was like, oh my God, I can do this. So from then, I just started writing songs on my own. And I knew at a really young age that this is kind of something I wanted to pursue. Um, and that was, that was really it. It was kind of self-taught vocals. And then I took piano lessons for classical piano. Wow. And did you do that, what, all through high school? Uh, yeah. Oh my God. I, I don't remember when the piano lessons stopped. I don't, th I think they just stopped mutually. I think like for some reason, like my teacher didn't show up one day and like my mom never called them and it was just like, it stopped. Like it never okay. was like a certain thing that I stopped, but, um, sometimes I pick up like an old book and I'll, I'll play like a classical tune. I'm not, I'm not great at it, but it's fun. It's very therapeutic. I'm sure. Yeah. Obviously you can still play. Yeah. Do you yeah. both read music at all? Like, I mean, is that coming into the songwriting at all? Like, do you write it out or is it just, here's the notes, play along with each other or no and it's like I spent like so much of learning guitar like you know reading music and priding myself that like you know because I would do like pit band like before I was playing in like bands like you know you do pit bands for musicals mm -hmm. and you read music you know like I practice so much at getting good at sight reading and then all of a sudden you start playing in bands in the real world and nobody reads music and even if they do that like nobody like here's your chart you know let's go play at a club like you know <laughs> and when we're writing originals and we have other musicians playing our songs it's just like no they're just like let me hear the track you know so like, I'm yeah. Not yeah and i kind of i, I kind of think that's better actually i i used to be more like snobby like we're gonna read music and now i'm just kind of like get your head out of the book especially for like you know, most, almost any genre other than like classical, it's just like, listen to the music, respond to the music, use your ears. No, that's, I mean, but, but to kind of answer your question in a, in a different way, like music theory, I feel, mm -hmm. um, cause he's a big theory guy. I mean, I learned some theory, but he's like really good with it. I feel like that does affect the writing though, because oh, yeah. I mean, well, obviously it always does, but I find myself, I'll be like, okay, what's actually a different comp combination here melodically or something. So, um, sometimes it's not all just by ear. Sometimes it's like just trying to find something a little left to center, you know? Sure. Well, like I'm always, I've never asked anyone this. I'm actually kind of curious now, like when you play in jazz band or you're in these concert bands, you have the sheet music in front of you, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. But do, do the majority of people, because if you go see, you know, roses and revolutions, you're not going to have your, your stand of sheet music up while you play. Like is, do a lot of the artists or the, a lot of the musicians in these, you know, pit bands, like orchestras, do they have to follow that? Like, 
I think, I think, I mean, obviously when you get to a certain, I think when you get to like a really high caliber level of like any concert musician, you know, I'm sure they're really awesome and, and probably have developed good ears. But like, I remember like, like I went to school at uh, like right outside New York city for college for jazz guitar. And it's like, there'd be times where there'd be some students. And I remember my, like one of my first days there too, it's just like all of a sudden, like a simple tune that you've been playing over and over and you just have the music in front of you. All of a sudden you take the music away and you're like, wait, how does that go? Like, you know what I mean? Like you just like, it's just like, you get so reliant on the thing. And when we first started doing Rose and Revolutions, it was more, um, we were writing more for TV and film and like not so much like this is what we're gonna play out. We were doing like some songs for that. And in Rochester, we have the Eastman School of Music, which is like a really big, well-known like classical orchestra thing. And there's an amazing like selection of, you know, string, you know, students there that play amazing, like cello, violin, and they're, you can get them, you know, you, we like reached out and we want to play on this track. And they were like these amazing musicians from all over the country that came to Eastman and they were like 50 bucks to play a track. Like, oh my gosh. So like one of our first tunes, like I remember we hired like this cellist and like, she was like, you know, the, the song was like four chords. It was like, like an acoustic, like folk tune. Like, can you just like, you know, play the, and she's like, well, I give the chart. And it's just <laughs> like seeing her, like to seeing some of these schooled like classical musicians, it's like even some that they can play the most insane stuff. And then it's just like, if you just play the track through the speech of the computer, I'm like, we just need you to like double the bass. They're like, all right, well, what's the chart? And it's like, well, it's four notes. You can play like insane stuff. And so I do think that does factor in where like, you know, we, the, our drummer, you know, grew up playing in different bands and church. And it's just like, he just listens and he, you know, knows with the bass player and stuff like that. So I do think that does factor in that like there's some classical musicians are so reliant on sheet music, oh, yeah. you know, and not just improvising or using the ear or responding. I'm not saying all, I think it's changed. And I feel like people nowadays, you know, you see so many musicians like kill it on both genres. They can play classical and then improv and crossover, but. Yeah, yeah. I always find that interesting because you'll watch, I, I was just watching on uh, Disney Plus, they have like Billie Eilish did like this thing for, for yeah. Disney Plus where she's playing the Hollywood Bowl and she brings oh. in this whole like string. I don't, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but she brings in like this whole orchestra with her and they all have the sheet music. And I'm thinking like they probably all could figure out her music pretty quickly. I, would, I don't know. Yeah, 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 and then they all have it in front of them. But I don't know, maybe, like you said, maybe they just come, become almost reliant on reading the sheet music. Yeah, or maybe they're just, like, at that level, they get so many gigs. Although you think for, like, the Billie Eilish filming, like, like let's, let's memorize this. But like, I feel <laughs> right, like, you think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, because it's like, you know, like, you go on the other spectrum, you see, like, you know, some, like, like if you see, like, a pop rock band or somebody in, like, let's just say, like, John Mayer sitting and he doesn't have a music stand. You know what I mean? Right, like, exactly. Like, he just knows what's going on. Yeah. Could you imagine John Mayer's sentences? <laughs> you know, you know, yeah. Like you see somebody sit in, you know, <laughs> That's like funny. on that level, um, or like at the Grammys when they have like two artists together, they don't have each other's lyrics up or music, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. You feel like yeah. it'd be well rehearsed enough that they would, <laughs> they wouldn't need it, but like, it, it's just so common to see it. You're like, oh, okay. But yeah, like you said, John Mayer wouldn't come out with his book and like start flipping through like, okay, I'm going to play, yeah. you know, <laughs> that would actually be so funny. <laughs> like right. I wouldn't put that past him though. <laughs> it's just, yeah, totally. Yeah. Different perspective on, on music, but I, I don't know if this, if I came up with some weird research, but Alyssa, were you on American Idol? I was. Okay. It's not so weird it's at all. <laughs> Well, I didn't know. And I'm like, I think this is her. And so you made it through Hollywood week. What was it like being on that show? And like, what prompted you to 
go try out? Did you have to wait in the big line? And yeah. Oh God. Yes. <laughs> um, I did it right away when I was 16. I was really excited to try out. I remember mm-hmm. that was like, woof, I was, I was, I was game. So my parents were always super, they've always been supportive of this um, dream. So they were like, let's go pile in the car. Let's go. We registered for, um, we went to Atlanta first. I didn't make it in Atlanta. So my parents were like, let's try again. And so we went to my best friend and I, and my parents, we made a little weekend in Philadelphia and um, I went there, waited for, oh man, it's the earlier you register. I know it's different now, but like the earlier you register, the earlier you audition. Mm -hmm. So you're in a stadium and there's like 20 booths of executive or not executive producers, just producers, um, just booths. And you get lined up by four people and they're just like, here, go and you sing and you're hearing the stadium noise like of people in the audience like just people like, waiting gotta be like mayhem oh my god you're hearing <laughs> that and then you're hearing people at all the other booths around you singing their hearts out for their lifetime opportunity and then you go up and you're like okay um so yeah i i, I did that and weirdly all four of us in my group it was all women all girls, we, we, we went through to the next round. So after that round, you go to the next round, which is executive producers. And then you finally get to like the celebrity judges, um, which is interesting. So uh, it was amazing experience. I made it to Hollywood. I missed my first week of school. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah. And I, it's like, it's so funny too, because I couldn't tell my teachers, like I couldn't tell anybody why I wasn't there because they make you sign like this like- much paperwork of like, don't talk. Um, so I was like, sorry, I won't be at my first day of school. Like send me my stuff that I need to know. Um, and confidential information. (laughs) (laughs) It was so stupid. I was like, so excited though. I was like, I'm on American Idol. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a great experience. My mom came with me because I was too young to go by myself. And, um, I, I mean, I got out, <laughs> I got eliminated, but I think it was for the best. Honestly, like it was, it was a really great experience, but I wouldn't do it again. It was just really? very, um, yeah, it's just, I mean, I'm sure you, you, you know this, but it's not what you see on TV. Like the back, right. like behind the scenes is so different. It's very, um, I mean, it's very staged. We, and I got to realize that when I was there and I was like, I couldn't be too hard on myself, but it was hard not to be when I got eliminated, but I'm like, okay, I saw, I saw what it is. Yeah. And it's one of those shows too, where you're, I've, from, I've, I've interviewed a handful of people that were on American Idol, actually yeah. David Cook, who won your season, I think yeah. you were in season seven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I was shocked to know that he was one of the people that stood in line. I'm like, wait a minute. Cause you'll hear people that they just kind of reach out to, especially now with like Instagram now, and definitely. they'll just say, Hey, you're going to make it all the way to the, you know, just in front of the judges. And exactly. it's like, well, of course I'll go do that. Exactly. But, yeah. No, I don't think it was at, like that at all then. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was just so different. I mean, these were the days of like, you know, early Facebook. <laughs> so it was right, like, right. Yeah. Sure. You know, um, and you could have your phone too, right? So are you seeing people like, I would imagine that would be so hard to like, just go on Twitter or whatever and just see people like talking trash or, I mean, I, I don't know. That'd be something that would be hard. I've, it, I've been scanned to be like, ouch, you know what I mean? Oh, well, think about it. I mean, yeah, I was, I was, I was a kid. So uh-huh. it's like, 
I mean, it was, it was really rough because they of course didn't show my good audition. They showed the audition. Why would they, right? <laughs> oh, why, would, why would you? They showed the audition in Hollywood week and it was awful because it was the first year they let instruments happen. Um, okay. So here I am like, I'm going to show them I can play the piano and sing. So I got up there and they rolled the piano out from behind the stage and they put it there and everyone's eyes are on me. And I go to play my first note and the sustain pedal doesn't work. And <laughs> if you know anything about like playing a piano, sustain pedal is a necessity. Otherwise, it's right. poppy and horrible. I didn't even get to sing a note and they were like, stop, go. So, yeah. Whoa, really? They just yeah. shut you so, down on the piano part. Yes. Couldn't you just and say I, the pedals busted? Like, why don't you get it together I, here? Fox or whoever I was doing it. <laughs> now I was like, guys, can you just like, give me a second because this is not working. But you know, I was a kid and I was like, yeah, you um, don't know how to react sorry. to that, obviously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My fault. You know, well, you, I mean, obviously you must have been validating enough to know that you made it that far and to be able to tell your school like, hey, yeah, I'm going to. Hollywood week at American Idol. Like, I don't know. That's yeah. kind of cool. It was very cool. It was a great experience. And, you know, I actually, I ended up meeting Matt that way. So like okay. after that home, um, my hometown made a big, big stink about it. So. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> cool. I mean, yeah. yeah, it was really sweet. And then he reached out because he had a project and was like, Hey, you want to come sing? So it was cool. Okay. So did you find out about Alyssa through that, Matt? Yeah. Like, I mean, Rochester, you know, like she said, made a big deal. I mean, I think you were like one of the, maybe the first person from here. I mean, nowadays with so many shows, you just, you know, a lot more people that make some airtime, but it was a big deal for Rochester. I think. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. And were you doing, cause you went to, you said you went to college to for guitar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So okay. I was playing, I mean, like out of that, then I started playing in like an instrumental band and we had the wonderful singer and we were doing like, I don't know, we were like opening for like Ingrid Michaelson for one show. And I was like, wow, I didn't really fit. And, and then connected with Alyssa and then we played in a couple bands together before we started this project. So. Okay. And then when, so when did this, when did it become just the two of you for, for uh, Roses and Revolutions? Like, I mean, we started writing, it was weird. Cause like we said, we started writing under this name for TV and film, which really wasn't the songs are out. Yeah. I think that might've been like 2015, yeah, probably. 2014, 2015. And then like we started releasing like and touring and playing with Roses, like, maybe 16 under 16 yeah yeah we were on the pines came out yeah so, so you you started this project solely to pitch to film and tv in the um, beginning I mean, we were still like i mean we still wanted to play and do stuff but like we were kind of like you know let's really like see if we can kind of chisel away and get into some into the sync world we were aiming hard for that yeah <laughs> what was a, oh, so glad no you go ahead I was just saying it's, it's a different kind of writing too when you're when you're writing specifically to try and pitch so it was like whatever was popular at that time we were like okay let's try and like emulate this a little bit and get like the keywords in there you know what i mean was so, definitely more singer song right. like folky than folky yeah, yeah for sure and with that like did you like how do you even get into that world was it like you kind of knew uh, a licensing person that you can send pitches to or like how, how do you so like thinking back, I mean, back then it was just the two of us. We didn't have a label or a manager. And I mean, mm -hmm. we tried a couple like sync companies and they, you know, a lot, they didn't really do anything. Um, and we honestly just kind of were um, reaching out directly to music supervisors, which I know sometimes Probably nowadays is, it's like depends on the person. They don't 
I don't know, sometimes it can annoy a person, but like we kind of found luck just like finding a few people that were like the music supervisors on the shows that, you know, or like on the companies that we thought like, you know, our music would fit. And a couple of them were really nice and, and you know, listened to the music and then started like getting, I think our first sync was like, was it the real L word mm-hmm. on Showtime? And oh, then, wow. You know, it was fun. Like we didn't have Showtime. So we had like, I, think, I don't know if we, we, we like bought it for like a week. Bought, yeah, like, <laughs> like free trialed it. Yeah. <laughs> like, can we have this for a week? <laughs> yeah, so stuff like that. And then I think like it, then it was like a bunch of like a lot of like the MTV ones, which are pretty cool with the team mom, stuff like that. And then it just kind of, you know, we just kept kind of running with it. And it's still a big part of what we do now. Yeah. Is, um, I mean, we don't necessarily, we found that like we don't cater the song to sync as much, but like we always have that kind of in the back of our minds that's, really cool to see how your songs plays with the scene. 100%. So you, when you write now, it's not like, okay, this song will be something for a record. Mm-hmm. It's more like this song, like this is a great song. Let's pitch it and also put it on our, our project. Yeah. Cause like, so like we're, we're on a label now we have a sync team and it's, you know, we have more people helping us and um, you do get like briefs sent to you where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, this shows, this is this, scene these they're looking for a song that sounds like these four songs mm-hmm. looking for the serial content and we found like whenever we try to write like all right let's write for this this brief let's you know this is a sick like sync it'll be awesome to get it we sit we write a song and we're like this song fits this brief to a t we like never get it and then it's like <laughs> we write a song for us it's like this song would never be synced that's the one that ends up getting synced and i'm i've been like trying to analyze it and i'm wondering if it's just like i feel like nowadays like um like sometimes like when, or at least our writing like when we would write it for sync it almost sounded too synky like you know what i mean like yeah I, like um our last ep we wrote this song originally it was called alice and then we did mm-hmm. change the name because we did hear that like I mean, it was not written for sync at all but every you know our our label like they have a sync department and they want to ingest every song into the system and they're like you know for sync never have it the name of a person because you know if it's sense. not the name of the character music supervisors don't relate to it so we we change it from alice to looking glass and like the song really you know for like sings they say like have a you know a lot of like oohs and ahs and very space very simple lyrics no fast lyrics like those that's the stuff they usually tell you for like sync and this one was just more like let's make it a little bit more you know this was for us mm-hmm. you know the verses are very fast spoken and um it just got like the opening scene in like Batwoman, the new episode that came out for the season. And it was like one of our favorite things. It was cool. It was like a whole montage of just a song playing. And we're like, oh, see, like if we had tried to write for this scene, we wouldn't have gotten it. Yeah. So it's just like sometimes I do think sometimes now music supervisors are looking for like real artists or real songs that, you know, instead of like something that was almost like a jingle. Right? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I t- I've heard which is interesting, like, Grey's Anatomy is an example of like, I guess that show would kind of break artists. Like, yeah, like they were very good about finding smaller indie bands and then putting yeah. them in their show. And then people would find them based off of. Yeah. Sinks. Another huge one that like we followed is like Lord Huron. And um, oh, I love that band. Yeah. I mean, that's Alyssa's all time favorite band. <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge fan too, but like, I mean, you've been following them for a while and they had like a good following, but they their second album the last song was that the night we met and we met yeah and then Which you guys do a beautiful cover of by the way thank Thanks. you but like how long after because that album was already out and then oh yeah that like got huge sync in the first season of 13 reasons why it was actually like written into the plot and yeah 
if you look at like when that album kind of came out versus that when it was saying that, I think it was like at least a year or two. So yeah. it was like, it was I think not- it was two, two years. Yeah. I work- like that's a good example. Like I think that's you're a right. real song. I, I'm pretty sure they wrote that artistically. It was the last song on the album. And I think the music supervisor just like related to the song. Yeah. I don't know. So I think that's when it really connects. Well, Empire of the Sun was a big example of that too. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Walking on a dream like that was from like 08. And then it broke oh, yeah. in like 2015 because it was in, I think it was in like an Apple commercial or something. I think Maybe it too. was. It was. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it was like, whoa, this song. Well, I, I've come from radio. So I remember just being like, we'd have to like front, like talk about the song and be like, oh, yeah, this is Empire of the Sun with a song that came out, you know, seven years ago. That's new <laughs> to 90 percent of, of America. It is yeah, same with the so night we met, because I think the night we met came out in 20 maybe 15, 15 or something. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. The, that show was like a couple of years later. Yeah. And then it became like the biggest song in alternative yeah. radio for a, a while. It's insane. That, yeah, that's it, just such an interesting way about it. But well, so when did you start, you know, moving from writing for sync to just becoming just a band of, hey, let's just put records out for ourselves and, and, yeah, and take I mean, it we that were- way. We were always like playing shows locally and then um even uh, writing when you were doing the stuff for sync, you're Yeah, yeah, we were okay. playing shows and then um I mean we again we were kinda like starting to like, you know, we wanna make this into like a legit band and stuff like that. And we were talking to some managers and some like smaller labels and like everybody had their opinion on what we should be. <laughs> I mean, Alyssa's voice is like very moldable like your voice can sing a lot of genres so like you know one person's like you should sing country one person's like you should be pop and uh, one person's like you should sing on some like electronic songs and of course like some of these people were like doing really cool things in the music world so you're like okay 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 and then they give you all this advice but nobody would like actually jump in and, and take you on so we're kind of getting pulled in all these directions and then um we kind of got just like burned out from that because like we'd write a song like this person's interested write a song this person's interested and then we wrote this one tune just for us called the pines and like nobody cared about it that we'd show it to and then we did this like i don't know four dates with this band called kaleo um oh yeah another yeah. band that had a huge hit that just kind oh, of they had so many things with way down we go yeah yeah oh my gosh yeah so yeah like we um right after their first album came out we did like toronto oregon florida we did like like a small run with them and we were playing the, the, our song, the pines every night. And we're like, the audience are responding to this. So we just put it out on our own. And then that ended up like on a bunch of like Spotify playlists and new music Fridays. And it went to number two wow. in Canada. And then our record label, which um, they have, you know, they have USF too, but it originally was from Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, the CEO is he heard it on his discovery weekly and he reached out and then <laughs> here we are now. Wow. And that came on, that was on your first EP too, the self-titled EP? Yeah. 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 Okay. That song came out in 2016, I think, maybe. Did that song yeah. 2016. Okay. And then you you got the Kaleo tour and was that record out at the clip during that time? Or no, no. No. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's kind of when we like started playing it live and we were just like, you know what? This is fun to play live. A few people were meeting at the merch booth. They're like, when's that song coming out? So we just put it out and I was like, cool. We did, you know, <laughs> Where you stop trying to please everybody else and just put it out and was it was fun. It did something. Yeah. Wow. And then you, I'm sure you toured the record for a bit, and then you you put out an album or under the spell you were talking about earlier with uh, Looking Glass. That's that record came out in 2020. 
Yeah. Is it yeah. Begin, beginning of 2020 or where were you when oh. the, I'm sorry? It was April. Oh my. So like right after the world shut down. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me about that record. I mean, you did a, you have a song with Weathers who I, I've interviewed before and they're amazing, amazing band. And how, how did that collaboration be, begin? Um, I mean, we've liked their music. Uh, we had at one point the same manager as Weathers and, um, um, I mean, he's an awesome guy. I don't think he's with Wilders either anymore, but like we had parted ways with him, but after dancing to daydream, we were like, this would be a cool one to turn into a duet. And when we hit him up and he was like, let me see what Cameron says. And Cameron was really cool and cut his vocals. And we, we thought it was a cool fit. It just yeah. happened pretty fast. We just, you know, it's like, cool. That's awesome. He did record his vocals before the pandemic though. That one was done before. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, was. Yeah, but yeah, I'm just, I'm just thinking, yeah. So did you, did you have the whole record complete before the pandemic? Actually, or, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we did. Was it a decision to, was that a hard decision to keep the album out coming, you know, coming out in April or? I don't think we had a choice. <laughs> no, oh, really? I mean, I've seen bigger bands than us. So maybe they had more at stake, like complain, like the record came out, but like a lot of them too. It's like, if you're, if, if your thing was scheduled to come out in April, like, uh, chances are like like for us like we'd already had three singles off of it out yeah you know what i mean and it's just like why you know, keep it yeah you already had, like you've already started releasing i think the one with weathers came out in january yeah. and i think we did like a single every month up into it so it's just like no reason. what are you gonna do at that point did you have like big plans to tour it and how was that all oh, yeah we had a lot of tour dates ready to go we were gonna do a whole tour with chris daughtry um we oh had wow yeah, it was like, I don't know, a few weeks of touring with him. And then we had just finished. We were actually getting home from New York City like two days before it shut down. <laughs> so we had just done a, um, a headline run, our first headline run. Um, we did like Boston, D.C., Philly, New York, and then we were coming back to Rochester. And it makes me cringe to think back on March 7th or whatever it was that we were all crammed. 350 people in a room <laughs> right and then like a couple days later it was like hey guys don't touch each other don't go near each other <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i was like hope everybody enjoyed their last hurrah um but yeah we did have plans and it was a bummer and we had just bought a bunch of vinyls that we were gonna sell <laughs> up under the spell so um, if anybody wants one of those, let us know. <laughs> bought a whole new set of in-ears because, you know, like all of them, like live here. Haven't even touched them yet. <laughs> Got brand new and like, you know, custom in-ears. Don't even know how to use them yet. But uh, yeah, I mean, I was going to say they're not going to go to waste, obviously. <laughs> now no, that stuff's no. opening, opening up a bit. <laughs> um, have you had a play, chance to play a show yet? It doesn't sound like it. Really I mean, know. we've done like a couple like like private like corporate events in Rochester, and like uh, we did a couple college shows here in Rochester. But we're like they're most acoustic though, mm -hmm. so yeah, they were like like band. outdoor. Like the full band was outdoor at the college. It was fun. We got yeah. to like kind of get our energy out on stage. But other than that, we're like oh, that's right, that was last year. That was late last year. I yeah. forgot. Um, <laughs> no, nothing like club yet because we're like I think the our not, like our first like ticketed dates are in March, so. Oh, cool. Oh, so yeah. you have stuff on the books, but you just haven't had it. it obviously, hasn't came around yet. Yeah. yeah. 
it's like touring's hard enough as it is when you're like at this level you have to promote it get everybody out and then it's just like i can't even imagine Mm-mm. that plus all the you know you know we wanted we didn't want to be the first ones out we kind of want to like yeah. <laughs> talk to our friends and be like hey how was it <laughs> Right. What and, were they, and the, you know what I mean? Like, and so many people, like, I'm, I'm sure the, the market is just hard to get into right now since everyone was sitting around for so long. And then you have these bands that are, you know, maybe a, a couple levels ahead of you that are like, Oh, well we, we get these dates, you know, you might get right. kind of pushed out a bit. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot of, like a lot of things happening. Like, yeah. Like the big arena tours. I mean, those guys are, are fine and rightfully so. But then I think you're having like, bands that like would play bigger venues are now taking up like the, you know, the 500 or thousand cap rooms, you know, um, just because so many venues are, you know, scheduling. I just think you're seeing like, yeah, I think you're seeing like bigger bands taking smaller venues and it's just like, everyone's kind of pushed down a tier. We've known a lot of people that like announced a tour, you know, at the beginning of summer tickets, like the first week, a lot of people were buying tickets and then all of a sudden, you know, everything changes week to week, month to month. And like all some tickets stop selling people's people's temperature changes, you know, it's just like, yeah. Yeah. With all the different things happening. And then also I would imagine like, I forgot what I was going to say now um, <laughs> with oh, the, with yeah. the, with the people going down Oh, like smaller business or the smaller venues closing. I mean like the yeah. 300 yeah. cap rooms yeah. and, and those, a lot of them didn't survive. Right. Yeah. yeah it's actually, so, so sad. it's so sad. So yeah, it just I mean, makes we, we could do it, but we're like, I mean, we like, I mean, like she said, we had like a bunch of tour days for 2020 and they like got canceled and then rescheduled and they kept getting rescheduled. Like, you know, I remember when they first got canceled, they're rescheduled for the fall 2020 yeah. or, or, you know what like I mean? Summer and then the they get rescheduled again. So like, we, we're just like, you know what, let's just wait until, yeah. you know, we want to keep canceling, rescheduling. Canceling. Sure. Sure. And was it during the past year and a half when you guys, cause that covers record you guys put out is amazing. I mean, the songs you chose just, it's, I, I really like it a lot. Oh, thank you. That's like a big part of us. I think we, we love doing covers and it was fun to just kind of pick like our favorites and just go for it, you know? And it's kind of like, I don't want to say all over the map, but it, a little yeah. bit, I mean, the Hills, you have was that the, a weekend song? You did a, a early Fallout Boy song, which is rad. A 1975 are on there. Lovely the band. I mean, and like we said earlier, you uh, with the night we met. Uh, like, how did you decide on these songs? Was it just stuff that you had been what jamming? What you, you know, warm up songs, and then you decided to, like, <laughs> why don't we record this? Like, how did you go about choosing the these songs? Yeah. Um, well, the Hills was like. The one tune, like, so, like, when The Hills was, like, a cover we did back when, like, that song came out. And I think the, that was before The Pines. That was before The Pines. And when we, and it did oh. well. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when we signed with the label, they, you know, we had, we had a couple songs out other than The Pines. And they're, like, we're going to scrap those, take them off your Spotify. The Hills, they was a JV player. They bumped up to Varsity and kept that. So that was its own thing. We just had that set in on there. Um, Fall Out Boy, we did a cover, and XM Coffeehouse Radio picked it up. Um that was like maybe a couple of years ago. So we had the coffee at there, sugar were going down sitting on there. Mm-hmm. And then the the one that started the covers EP was in 1975. We covered that. We thought like this during the pandemic, like this is a fun one. We like the song, you know. Um, so we did that. And then the label's like, why don't you guys take these three covers that you have out and make a EP? And Alyssa fought for Lord Huron. And then of course. I think somebody was mm-hmm. like, You guys need a, a song that's recent, or I don't know, like like 
And that's where the love of the band came in. <laughs> <laughs> so they yeah. were it kind of has its own journey path, but it was, it, it was, really yeah. Does. <laughs> yeah. I know, but it's, I mean, I personally it think really the song choices do were, were rad because I'm like, oh, Thank I love you. 1975. I'm like, oh, because I would saw the song titles. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, <laughs> obviously, like right away, I saw, you know, Sugar Were Going Down and that, that was like obvious. And then yeah. like the other ones and the night we met, but I'm like, oh, wait a minute. You got the 1975 one. Yeah, it's just a really, really cool collection, I feel like, that you guys were able to put together. And so was much. that recorded? Like, did, did you just do that uh, as, like, a project over the over quarantine? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and that was kind of, actually, it was fun because the night we met was one that was completely produced on this little laptop that we're using right now in this room. Um, we just kind of went for it one night and uh, it was it was really fun and that's kind of that sparked our creativity with our originals too with production because that was the first time when it's a cover you're just like and you don't think you're actually releasing it you're just trying out new things new plugins mm. um new techniques and then that was that was fun for us to be like hey this came out actually kind of cool so um but yeah we did that all during during covid awesome and you have a new ep that you just came out right uh, midnight monsters yes talk to me about that one um, again, collection of songs that were written in the late, late hours or early hours, however you want to think about it. Um, you know, our, uh, like a lot of other people, our schedules were so out of whack during COVID, uh, during the pandemic, it was like, we were staying up until like four or five in the morning and sleeping <laughs> until two or three in the afternoon. It was so bad. Um, but like those hours, it would like, our day would like start at like nine o'clock at night and (laughs) it was terrible a little bit but not really i remember being up with the birds and being like okay time to go to bed um it it was really bad i mean we eventually shifted back but it was um but anyway so we would go for walks and we would um in the really early hours and we would come home and just like write and it was really inspiring because the town that we live near is so quiet it was so it was so quiet it was still snowing at the time like it was cool. Yeah. It was cool. It was just very, it was very inspiring, I think. And at night, the mic, like our, this, this room studio, which is not like technically soundproof and equipped, like during the day, you'll pick up, the mics will pick up cars driving by. So it was way better. Like, like yeah, we almost had to record vocals and stuff at night because there's less cars. And so, Did so. you guys record and produce the record yourselves? Pretty much, I mean, there was two songs on there, Coffee and The Moment's Gone, that um, a friend of ours who was a producer in L.A., we, like, sent it over and he did, like, some additional production. But, okay. I mean, everything was tracked up here. Everything, majority of the stuff was done up here. Yeah. Wow. So that's, that's, I mean, I'm sure that makes it a little easier when you can just kind of, you're in, you're living in the situation or the space that you're, you're writing and recording. Yeah. I can't imagine if we didn't have this set up. I mean, again, it's like a super primitive setup. It's like not, not crazy, but if we didn't have this and have like the ability to do this before the pandemic hit, whew, that would have been a rough year and a half, even more rough for us. But the fact that we were able to like use this as an escape and just be like, Hey, let's create music. Let's, you know, just, just do everything. Yeah. You didn't have to rely on trying to get into a studio and then the studio is not wanting people in and maybe having one band in there every however long so that's amazing you're able to kind of utilize the the time to 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 put out a record yeah very cool and then you you said you have some shows coming up and to support this or i mean you were trying to support the other one when everything stopped 
We so just how, how are you going to go about it? So much new music for to play live now. <laughs> yeah. um, we're going to just play them all. Um, yeah, we're playing next next year with Joshua Radin. We have a few dates with him. Um, New York City, they're city wineries mostly. Yeah, they're like acoustic. Mm-hmm. Shows, so, yeah. so where are you calling from anyway? Where are you in? I'm in South of Nashville. Oh, okay, okay nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are you guys still, you're still in New York? Yeah. Yep. Okay, very cool. Yeah, I actually just moved here. My family and I moved here about seven months ago from oh, wow. California. Yeah, we're from San Diego. Oh, oh, that's a big move. Yeah, we love it here, though. It is oh, so amazing. Good. It's just yeah. such like when I thought of Nashville, I'm like, oh, it's going to be like a country town. And yeah. but it really is not. I mean, yeah. it's just there's so many different genres of music, people that I would never imagine in a million years living here that are here and just. It's it's a it's really cool. We really like it. That's so, awesome. awesome. Well, congrats. That's thank that's you. <laughs> so next time you're in Nashville, we'll have to come come see you guys. So yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's awesome. And I appreciate you guys doing this. This has been so much fun. I thank okay. thank you so much for taking thank time you. out of your day. Thank yeah. you. Thanks for the thoughtful questions and for all your research. My goodness. <laughs> <You're> very, <laughs> awesome. Seriously, well, thank you. Thank, I appreciate no, it. thank you. Um, I have one more question. If I can get an answer from both of you, I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Do you want to go first? Um, yeah. <laughs> Basically, uh, well, from I guess from a singer standpoint, from a singer-songwriter, I would tell you to be really authentically you. It's going to take some time to figure out your voice and exactly what you want to do. And you, you know, an exact, you know, take that, with great salt, but um, don't let anybody box you into something. You gotta, you gotta just try things until you find out. But, but don't let somebody like Matt was saying earlier. You know, everyone's like, go country, go pop, go. Blah. Just don't do it. Be authentic to you. <laughs> I like it. That's my. And advice. I would say um, one thing that like we've been trying to get better at is get into the habit of finishing things. I think it's so in like a lot of creative spaces, so many people start stuff and never finish it. Us too. It's like, you know, we used to like start a song, you write a verse and then you just sit there and you have a folder of all these half written songs. And it's just like the actual like task of finishing something is like something that's really good to get in the habit of and mastering because it's like, until you finish something, even if it's the worst song in the world, like once you finish it, like you get in the habit of actually finishing it. And then you can see, okay, this was that, I can do better. I can outright that. But then, and then you can toss it aside. If you don't finish anything, it's like, you never, you know, adapt that skill of like, you know, seeing it through. So whatever you start, just keep finishing. It doesn't mean you have to release. It doesn't mean you have to commit to it, but like see stuff through.